Hello again. Welcome to Tell Me. On today's episode, I am speaking with Jen Hoffman and Livio Bisterzo. Jen Hoffman is an industry veteran and a business leader with decades of experience in drug manufacturing. And Livio Bisterzo is an entrepreneur with decades of expertise in consumer packaged goods, or CPG, with a focus on conscious products, one of which you might know is Hippies, the very popular organic and vegan snacks. Jen and Livio are my partners in a company that we co-founded together called Better Remedies. Better Remedies is an over-the-counter medicine company with a give-back component. We believe that everyone should have the health care they need. In America, one in four people cannot access life-saving medication, and it's not because of lack of supply. We've created this company, and our mission really is to address a health equity issue. My conversation today with Jen and Livio is the first part of a two-part series. Next week, I'll be speaking with Kia Williams, who runs a program called Serum. Better Remedies is working together with Serum to address medication access. Before I got involved in this business, I had no idea that there was such a problem with medication access in this country. And Jen and Livio came to me with this idea about how to address this problem. I hope you enjoy both conversations. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I have two of my favorite people on today. We have Livio Bisterzo and Jen Hoffman. Hi, guys. Good morning, Ellen. Hi, Ellen. So Livio and Jen are two friends of mine who are impressive entrepreneurs. And we met and put together a business of our own. But before we talk about that, I really want to talk about both of their careers as entrepreneurs, because I think the word entrepreneur gets thrown around a lot. And I think for young people, they may not actually realize what goes into being an entrepreneur, what the path looks like. There is no one way it looks like. I think it's safe to say that. But these are two incredibly smart, creative people. So I'm excited to have you both with me today. Thank you. Thanks. So Jen, why don't you start? Jen comes from a pharmaceutical development background. And why don't you tell me how you got into that and how you grew up and where you went to school and what led you on that path? Absolutely. The whole spiel. Got it. <laughs> I'll first start by saying thank you, Ellen. Y'all call it a trip. This trip with you from when we started to now has been phenomenal. And for those listeners that don't know, and this is something that is near and dear to my heart, Ellen gives phenomenal parenting advice, especially for young teenagers. So I'm pushing for you to start a parenting podcast because <laughs> something that I'll definitely listen to. <laughs> but to answer your question, so I have a very technical background. I'm a chemical engineer by degree. I was born and raised in Canada, but, uh, you know, very humble roots was very much at my core. 
technically and business driven. And that's what really brought me to the U.S. When I graduated, I started my career with General Electric, had some phenomenal leadership opportunities, and then came into the pharmaceutical industry. And that was deliberately by design. I was very intrigued by the industry, very intrigued by healthcare. And that stemmed from the fact that I was very fortunate in my younger life when I was in Canada to have access to free healthcare and not really understanding how privileged I was and how fortunate. And then having moved to the U.S. and through that experience and living in a slew of economically diverse communities, really seeing what the difference was like, not having socialized health care, just stuck with me and something that made me ask a lot of questions. So my path into pharmaceutical was really based out of my curiosity to want to know more. Now, I have had over the decade phenomenal experience with one of the largest OTC manufacturers in the U.S., companies called Perigo. They do some great work. And I worked across many different functions, supply operations, marketing, business development, and really enables me to get a solid foundation of the industry. But still, given that, I had a lot, a lot of questions. And I realized my experience growing up, my experience still in corporate America, not an entrepreneur, led me to want to do more. And it's interesting, again, where your paths take you, because at that point is when I met Livio. So I, Livio, being a phenomenal entrepreneur, I'm sure he can share much more about his experience. This is pretty new to me, has really been my mentor in this space and really has brought me on as a partner to help bring this new business to life. So this is, for me, very, very important, a very important part, something I'm very passionate about and happy to be forging this path with the two of you. So why don't you explain what we're doing? Sure, yeah. So we are launching Better Remedies. We say we are medicine on a mission. So essentially, Better Remedies is a brand of over-the-counter medication for allergies, cough, cold, pain, digestive health, sleep, across a slew of categories. And we're on a mission to improve medication access in the U.S. So we're really coming in to disrupt the category with a main focus on the biggest issue in the U.S. today, which is medication access. And the way we will do this is through our buy one, give one program. So for every product a consumer buys through our nonprofit, we donate a medication to someone that can't afford it. And I want to note that one in four Americans cannot afford the medications they need. So this is something that will make a huge impact. It's true. Okay, now Livio owns a company called Green Park, and he has launched several brands. And what's impressive to me about Livio is his mission to do something really impactful and positive with every single brand. Green Park has a mission focused on green and eco-friendly products, just simple solutions to the everyday things that we need and use, but a better way to do them, a better way to make them, a more environmentally conscious way to do them. And I think if more corporations thought like Livio, this planet would be in better shape. But Livio, really happy to have you here. Thank you, Ellen. Let me start by saying I'm beyond excited to be on this, to have the opportunity to tell our story and to join Jen and you in this incredible journey. My background is a little different to Jen's in terms of I'm, a, I guess, a real entrepreneur. I've never worked for a company that wasn't my own since my college days, good and bad. You know, learned how to really do the work by doing the work. And where did you go to college, Livio? I dropped out of uh, University of Arts in London when I was halfway through because I started really just figuring out business and really went from there. I, uh, Italian born, moved to London when I was at uh, my late teens and lived in London for about 15 years. Met Amy, my wife. I had a three beautiful kids. 
And we decided to then move to uh, Los Angeles in 2015, really to start to build on what is a vision of creating a holding company that really promotes a socially conscious approach to consumer products, to CPG. You know, we talk about promoting a new consumerism that is fairer, more equitable, more sustainable. So all our brands really look at disrupting large consumer categories by fighting the good fight, by uh, creating better products for the consumers, for their children, for their children's children, for the planets that their children will inherit. And all our companies do their fair share of give back. I've been lucky to have had a relatively successful track record in building this type of businesses. Some of you listeners may know some of the other brands I'm involved, like Hippie Snacks, which is a brand that we launched in 2016. And over the last five years, uh, Hippies has been one of the fastest growing natural food companies in the country. And it was by having access to consumers and a lot of data and, and certainly looking at a lot of insights and trends when you know we started looking into this enormous $30 billion OTC category in 2018. For me, for us, for Green Park, for the team, became an obvious context for disruption. And that's really how, uh, how the journey began. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. So when you get ideas for a company, primarily are you looking for holes in the marketplace where things can be done in a better way? Like, what was the impetus for Hippies? How did you think of that brand? And for those of you who don't know, Hippies is a great snack brand for kids, and they're made with chickpea flour, which is an amazing alternative to corn or wheat for children who have uh, sensitivity to those things. Where did the idea for Hippies come from? Yeah, so our model really looks at trends and really starts from understanding and anticipating fast emerging need states of a consumer of tomorrow. You know, if you think about the landscape of CPG 10 years ago, it's very, very different to a landscape of the type of products that we have in our households, we have in our kitchen today. I mean, the the growth in CPG is, is coming from new, better for you products. And for hippies, we clearly recognize that legume sort of pulses were the new ingredients, were ingredients that could have been processed and worked in a similar way than corn and maize, but obviously we deliver a, a much higher, much cleaner, much better nutritional profile. And that's really where it started, recognizing that trend, recognizing millennials, Gen Z consumers ready for better alternatives. We really developed the brand and created a product that fundamentally deliver a very similar mouthfeel and crunch and taste profile, in fact, better taste profile <laughs> than many other uh, incumbent sort of conventional snacks, yet obviously had a much cleaner, much better, much higher nutritional value. And that's really how we started. And, you know, we were lucky to uh, meet with Starbucks very early in our journey and Starbucks was our first customers and clearly recognized that. That was uh, the type of product they wanted their consumers to be able to buy. And that's where our journey began in 2016. And now Hippies is an incredible company led by an incredible team. And I honestly pinch myself every day of what we've been able to accomplish in five years. Yeah, it's impressive. And one thing that comes to mind that I want to mention in my journey with both of you, it has always been in my mind 
it just I think about it more now in our calls is there's this feeling that people have, or I certainly have sometimes, of feeling overwhelmed and feeling powerless over big corporations, right? And what we have to recognize and just take a moment is that we do have power as consumers. This world does feel huge. It is huge, as small as it is sometimes. And conglomerates and big giant companies do control a lot, certainly. But we do have power as consumers, and we do have to sort of acknowledge that and use our power as consumers. We do have choices, and there are entrepreneurs like yourselves who are doing the work and the creative critical thinking to put different types of products into the marketplace. And that's where we can find our power as consumers. We can make better choices to empower companies that are trying to do the right thing. The next thing that I want to ask Livio about, and I could listen to him talk about this all day, is he has a toilet paper company made from bamboo. Mm -hmm. It's called Real. Yep, Real. And Livio, talk for a second about the paper industry, the waste, the cutting down of the trees, because toilet paper made from bamboo seems like such a simple idea, right? I mean, I'm glad you're the one who's doing it. And there's a few other companies out there. Let's shout out to all companies who are creatively, critically thinking about how to make this planet a little better. But why don't you break down some statistics for us? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Again, you know, similarly, we started looking into that very large vertical that is the paper category. And we clearly recognize that alternative fibers, more sustainable fibers, were already being used in many other parts of the world to create very high quality products. Yet in this country, over 99% of production was still very much coming from virgin timber and, and trees. And just to share a little size of the damage, you know, the industry cuts between 45 and 50,000 trees every day. And deforestation is a real issue and is something that is rising to the surface and consumers are finally understanding that there are better alternatives. And, you know, this very large incumbent category has just been lagging behind. You know, I think if you think about CPG, other consumer verticals such as personal care or household essentials or laundry have seen a lot of innovation in the early stage bubbling ecosystem towards sustainable products. Yet, for whatever reason, the paper category just didn't. And for us, when we started doing the work, it became really obvious. And the, the obvious was the consumer is ready to make better choices, is already making better choices. Paper is a product that is daily consumption, highest household penetration, is something that everybody needs in their household. Yet there was nothing a few years ago. And, you know, Real and a few other early stage emerging brands out there, we are fighting a good fight. We're trying to educate the consumer on why the consumer should be purchasing a better product with no compromise in terms of feel and softness and strength and durability and, and all the things that consumer is looking for, but a product that is tree-free and plastic-free. And that's what we're proud. And, you know, when I position it in such way, it becomes a very obvious sort of easy switch, but obviously driving the awareness, driving the trial, doing the work in the channels, that becomes very challenging as an entrepreneur. But we are beyond excited. Real is the fastest thing I've ever had the opportunity to work on. It's really doing extremely well. So thank you for mentioning it. Of course. I mean, 50,000 trees a day. And Jen, when we do our parenting podcast, Jen and I, <laughs> love it. Um, <laughs> you know, for anyone who has children, I feel like climate change is almost something similar to COVID. It's something that's a real serious threat, but we can't actually see it. Now, Obviously, our healthcare workers see it. Obviously, many people have lost loved ones, and lots of people have seen and believe COVID is real in here. But 
for some people, they're more challenged and don't believe it. And I feel like climate change is a similar thing because we don't really, really see it. People can explain away storms. They can explain away snow in July. They can explain away hurricanes or rising sea levels as much as they want because there's people out there that we know want to explain it away because, you know, the fossil fuel industry doesn't want to explain climate change. And, you know, the extinction level of our species and the ozone and and all of that stuff is kind of just theories in some people's minds. It's not real. And if you have children, you know, this is something that we really do need to start paying attention to because we do have a responsibility as much as we try to keep our children safe in every other respect. We also have to try to keep our children safe and leave them with a world and a planet that's livable. And so products like these and the opportunity to make choices to be more responsible humans on this earth and take better care I think it's something we all need to give a little thought to. You know, in Hollywood, we've done, I think, a pretty good job. In, in most maybe corporate spaces, we've seen some progress with respect to like online. So like our scripts, we don't get a lot of hard scripts unless you specifically ask for one. Like they'll send you your scripts in a PDF. And so we've gone paperless as much as we can on the set of Grey's and in probably all Disney productions. So in some respects, you know, we try to make progress. But something like toilet paper is something people just don't probably put much thought to. So that's where the creative entrepreneurial spirit comes in. Again, we have the power to be very deliberate about our consumerism, about the way we purchase. And we have to be critical, creative thinkers and say, okay, why can't I switch toilet papers? Or why can't I go paperless? Yeah, That's just the simple work that we need to do to just be better humans. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Yeah, and adding to that, I think if you look at the context where 
the consumer products industry, any corporates, any CEO out there will have a degree of urgency and a narrative as part of their ways of doing business. We're going to try and do better. But none of these companies are doing nowhere near enough. It's very challenging if you think when you're a multi-multi-billion dollar organization that has shareholders, stakeholders, and you look at every touch point through the value chain, right? You're manufacturing, you're polluting, you're transporting, you're polluting, you're selling to retailers, you're polluting, you're selling to consumers, the consumers pollute. The industry for, I don't know, I guess since the Second World War has been doing the same, produce, sell, make money, and ultimately produce. So the industry is now reacting or trying to at different speeds and different degrees of intensity. The exciting thing about what we are trying to do is trying to whiteboard it from the ground up by doing it better and try to really position it in a way where the consumer is ready to make the switch. Let's respond to that need state that has evolved and create something that can be part of the solution. I'm not saying it's the solution, can be part of the solution. And if you think about bringing it back to what we are doing together, you know, what was extremely beyond shocking for me is looking at what the pharmaceutical industry does in the wealthiest country in the world, where one out of four people cannot afford or cannot get access to the medicines they need, yet $10 billion of medicines every year goes to landfill because it doesn't get distributed. This system is fundamentally broken. Right. You know, and I'm not saying we're going to fix it, but we're going to just start helping people and start doing the right thing. That's why I'm so excited and proud to be part of this journey with you both. Yeah, Absolutely. I was just going to add, and I think it's important context, you know, having worked in big corporate companies, right? The intention is always there. And it's really interesting dynamic because there are big corporate companies that do phenomenal things, but just the way the corporate structure is. And Livio said, you know, the reporting to shareholders and the need to drive your financials every month, at least not making decisions that are right for humankind, right? And for me, the transition to this entrepreneurial world where I get to be a part of choosing how I want to spend my time, how we want to drive the business has been very refreshing. And one of the things that my team and I talk about a lot, because there's a few of them that have very similar backgrounds to me, is we think about, you know, how much of our time during the day do we get to spend on our mission versus, you know, how much time did we spend in our previous careers on doing better? And it's completely different, right? Like we spend at least 50% of our time on the for good part of our business. I say to my team, we are a for profit, for good business. I wish there are so many more of us out there. But the bottom line is the amount of effort we put into the for good part of our business is just a hundredfold to what I was doing before. And that's what fuels me. That's what fuels my team. And I wish for there to be more people doing good. And there are a lot there are a lot, right? But the more people that could see an issue and make an effort to do good with it through a profit base, I think will make the world a little bit better. I agree. And it's possible to do. Right. Right. And we're proving that it is possible to do and other companies out there are proving that it is possible to do. So, yeah, I don't think people really realize. I certainly didn't when I met the two of you and started learning about this problem, which is multifold. There's a few different problems here. Mm -hmm. One of the problems is access to medication, is that people who really need, whether it's insulin for diabetes or any other kind of real critical medicine that people need to live their lives every day, if you don't have health insurance and you struggle to afford your medicine, you're going to have to make hard choices. You're going to have to decide like, well, I need my insulin to live, but if I buy my insulin, 
I can't afford groceries that month or I can't afford to make my whole rent or whatever it is. And, and these are decisions that ordinary people shouldn't have to struggle with in, like you said, the richest country in the world. People should not have to choose between diabetes and food for their kids. So this mission that we're on with Better, we're really trying to address that. The other problem is the landfill problem. How much did you say goes into the landfill, Livio, every year? $10 billion. $10 billion worth of perfectly good medication, not to mention the pharmaceuticals that are going straight into the dirt, which then go into the water. Most of them plastic containers. So the plastic and the dioxin seeps into the earth, seeps into the water. We know in this country we have incredible water problems in places like Flint, Michigan, and fracking going on. And if we can address ways to keep our water supply clean, it's pretty important stuff. So with Better, we are working with a program called Serum. And Serum is one of the programs that is trying to provide access to medication for people. In the same way there are food deserts and places in this country where good quality healthy food is just not available, the same exists for medication. There is just the financial piece that it's too expensive. So Kia with Serum has provided a charitable pharmacy component where people should be able to go and get this medication that they need and not have to pay these exorbitant costs for it. So we're trying to address a few problems. Absolutely. Well, first of all, the work that Serum does is amazing. They have amazing founders. We work with Kia Williams and George Wang, and they have been amazing partners along this journey with us to help amplify the mission and really partner with us on this buy one, give one program. They've helped bring this to life along with us. And you said it, Ellen, we're really at the forefront. So to claim that we're going to solve the problem tomorrow it's not true. But what we will do and what our partnership with Serum will also do is a bring awareness to the issue because I think a lot of people don't understand how big and chronic this issue is in the U.S., right? If you put that into perspective when it's really 25%, it's a huge amount of people. And then also how we expand our mission through this give back is going to be really important. So we have plans to do so much more through awareness, through our mission to help solve this problem beyond just what we're looking at today, which is going to be something we're really excited to do. You know, I go back to, I think what I mentioned earlier, which is the opportunity to really start from the ground floor and build it the right way. You know, and we whiteboarded a business anchored around our partnership with Sir. When we started creating this startup, the thinking really started from how can we find a way to donate prescription medicine medicines to people in need by selling over-the-counter products at a fair price to consumers that we can empower to do to make the better choices that we can empower to help people in need. That was the original brainstorming session on how this business started. Mm -hmm. Obviously, fast forward now two and a half years, we are in market and we are about to launch bricks and mortars. But our CPG doesn't have the opportunity. They cannot reinvent their business model. It's just not feasible. So that's why, you know, we are excited and I'm beyond excited about what we're doing with Serum. I mean, I cannot wait to really be able to grow and scale this business because the impact out of anything I've ever done as an entrepreneur, the impact this business will have to people on a daily basis is, is going to be something that we're all going to be so proud of. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, for one, never knew that this problem existed until I met the two of you and sat down and started to talk about this idea. I had no idea. As I'm sure a lot of people, if you don't suffer from this problem, right, you don't think of this, you don't know that this problem exists. 
I did not know this problem existed. There's a lot of things that existed that I didn't know about. And the fact that I'm able to bring awareness to it is a really important piece. And now you can take that one step further in us telling people that this problem exists. Could you imagine having this problem yourself? If you don't have this problem yourself, you're lucky, you're grateful. But how can you help people who do have this problem? And I think if we're thinking about others and trying to think of ways to help others, and that's what this medication addresses. So I'm really excited as well. Kia will talk about serum and the expiration dates of the medication and all of that. But maybe we should just take it back now to entrepreneurial path and the creativity behind that. So, Livia, what did you want to do when you were young? Did you know you wanted to do this? Or second year in college when you dropped out, you were just like, fuck this. I have to do something different. I always knew, I always aspired to do better, to push myself to bigger and better things. And I'm really grateful every day for what I do. People think about work. You know, I don't know what that means. For me, London was what did it. You know, the move to London, the energy of the big city, you know, the hustle and bustle and really just realizing that the world was my oyster, you know. And I figured it out fairly soon. I started doing all sorts of entrepreneurial screw ups to firstly make a living. And then, you know, over the last 15 years, CPG became my thing. And fast moving consumption categories is what I learned. And since 2014, when I transitioned out of a business, I really then focused on sustainability better for you and really understanding that I had the skill sets to do the work, but I wanted to really try and be greater and, and bigger things. And, you know, I think that willingness and that willingness to continuous to push myself and learn, you know, if you think about it, I've worked across so many different categories. I knew nothing about paper. I knew nothing about snacks. I knew nothing about beverage before. I knew nothing about OTC. But the opportunity to continuously learn, continuously surround myself with better people at doing certain things than I am, the people I can be inspired by and people I can learn from, like you too. That's been sort of the, something that along my journey, I have always been a consistent thing. Yeah. I always tell my kids, like, if you don't fail or do bad at things, you'll never learn. What are some of the hardest lessons you've learned? Because I think with social media and all of this tech that's out there, we hear a lot about success, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we hear a lot about wins. What are some of the losses that you've had to take and what lessons could we impart to people maybe listening who want to follow an entrepreneurial path? Yeah, I think the biggest one for me was I figured out that success comes and success goes. And I was very lucky in my early mid-20s. I was successful and I got onto a great ride and started seeing a lot of money. But then came my late one as I got hit pretty hard and failed miserably. And that really sort of made me really change my attitudes towards the work. And uh, in your mid-20s, I think your ego and your, uh, especially for me, coming from humble working class background was sort of first time seeing, oh my God, I've got money now, right? So that really taught me a hard lesson. And to me, the biggest takeaway is remain humble and grateful and honestly continues to learn and don't get complacent because everything changes extremely fast. And if you think about you know, businesses that were huge businesses a decade ago are no longer here. You know How you launch a startup five years ago is completely different to how you will do it now with the digitization of everything. You know, the consumer is on their smartphones, God knows many hours a day. You know, everything has changed. So humble, grateful, and continues to push yourself and never take anything for granted. And Jen, what about you? When you were coming up in, is it safe to say a pharmaceutical developer? Uh, so it's interesting because my path, although through corporate and a lot more 
we'll call it safe than maybe Livio's has been very similar listening to, you know, we haven't really sat and had this conversation before. So listening to his journey and some of his failures and how he's always been someone that's pushed himself and thrived. And it's actually very similar to me. So first to answer your question, I've done so many roles and it's very rare. A lot of people usually, okay, I'm a marketer and I, I went to school for marketing. This is my path, right? Or I'm an engineer and this is my path. For me, From such a young age, but definitely through my career, I have never been comfortable just settling, not even just settling, never been comfortable once I get past this initial learning curve. To me, it was always, okay, what's next? I need to push myself. Like I thrive on learning. Like I need to always be learning at a very accelerated rate in order for me to feel good. So, you know, my career has taken me through these companies, but I've jumped from a very technical side all the way through to the business side and then back now to an entrepreneurial role. So it's very similar, but my overall like foundation and what drives me is learning and not being complacent and challenging myself every day. So what do you feel like, if anything, has ever gotten in your way? What gets in your way or what got in your way? In full transparency, I've gotten in my way right? Like that for me is my biggest challenge is my own confidence is my own journey. So I think being a female definitely contributes to that, Ellen. I mean, you have the same experiences, right? It's really interesting. And I really only now have started to see, you know, I suffer the same sort of thing where I've been playing the same role for 17 years or however long it's been on Grays, and people have consistently put me in a box. And now that I'm branching out and doing other things, yes, I am changing what I'm doing. I'm jumping over different stones on my path, right? And your path has to constantly change, whether it's, you know, having children or not having children. However, my path has changed, but I think the optics of my path have always looked the same. I have to worry about, you know, will people take me seriously in this podcast? Will people take me seriously as an entrepreneur? But that, to me, brings me to my next point, which is just confidence. And I feel fundamentally, and I obviously don't want to generalize ever and lump any of us into anything. However, I do think it's a bit easier for men. Like, in different ways, I think we just sort of don't have the physiological, biological confidence that men have Mm -hmm. when they walk around this world. And I don't know what that is. One time there was a voiceover on Grey's Anatomy. It was like a scientific thing that I was saying. And I said, is this actually true? And the writer said to me, yes, it's true. And it was, I forget, I'm going to butcher the voiceover. But it was like, women aren't heard when they speak. Like physically, if a woman is in a room with 10 men, they really don't hear what she's saying. They hear 25% of what she said and 75%. They couldn't tell you what it is that she just said. But if a man said the same thing, all of the men would know exactly what he said. So women's voices just don't resonate in the male brain the way that male voices resonate. And that's one thing I think that's great about social media is there's so many women on social media just saying, like, be confident, be bold, shout your truth, flaunt it, just own your whole self and your whole being and be proud of who you are. I think it's really great for the younger generation of women because they'll hopefully be more confident than I certainly was. Absolutely. You're spot on. I 
I have to say that the experiences I've had, although not always positive, they have made me stronger. They have made me better. And, and everyone says this, right? As I have had experiences, as now I'm in my 40s, I have way more confidence than I did in my 20s. And quite frankly, my daughter, I see a lot more confidence in her than I had at that age. So I'm really hopeful. So that makes me feel very optimistic for the future. But it's tough. Like, Business is, I hate to say this, but it's still a man's world, right? So it's something that is what it is. And I've always been of the mindset of this is a playing field I love. I still have fun. I don't let it impact who I am and how I show up. But the truth is, it does impact my confidence. And that's always been my challenge. Like I have to remind myself almost on a daily basis and sit back and reflect show up, lean in, people need to hear what you say. Those types of things are important mantras for me to continue to to tell myself. I'm being very, very vulnerable here. (laughs) I appreciate it. It's the only way I say that I want to show up as myself on this podcast. I think I owe it to the audience. And in my life, always, I think you two know me well enough now to know that it's my mission to be as authentically myself as I can every time I walk in the room or, or have an exchange. So I think that all of this work that we're doing is making a tiny bit of a dent. And we're grateful for men like Livio, who treat us as equals and who look to us for our opinions and our advice and really treat us as equals really helps in our journey. So shout out to all the guys um, being good guys. Yes. Thanks, Helen. (laughs) Yes, just as important for the men to step up. I think, you know, I feel very hopeful. Jen, you said it. I took words out of my mouth almost. I feel very hopeful about the next generation. I feel very positive. I feel there are uh, so many inspiring women out there, starting with you two that are teaching the next generation how it should be. And not just your girls. I mean, starting really teaching girls and boys how to respect each other and how to respect each other's opinions and values and beliefs. And I feel hopeful about the next generation. I mean, funny point, I was the only male in uh, in, in the company. So we have a, we've now hired uh, another guy. And uh, jokes aside, I think we have a lot to look forward to. And I think... It's a generational thing, right? It's not something that's going to be uh, changing overnight, but I'm hopeful the next generation will know how to do the right thing. I agree. Well, I thank you both for coming on and giving me your time. I know we're busy getting ready for this live. So exciting. So excited. <laughs> so I think I'll see you both soon. And I thank you for giving me your time today. And I think this conversation was hopefully inspiring to people and they learned something. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Ellen, for having us. Thank you so much, Ellen. This was awesome. We appreciate being on this. And yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing you soon. You're going to see us because we're coming. We are coming um, (laughs) to bring medication access to people who don't have it. That's our mission. And thanks all for tuning into this episode of Tell Me. 